0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL the Chicago Bears. This is the Bears Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Now your host, Ryan O'Leary and Bears Wire editor, Alyssa Barbieri.
1: So all I can say about this team, Alyssa, is that the Bears have been streaky as hell this season, right? start off with three straight wins then they win a couple in a row to get to five and one and then they lose six in a row which drove us completely insane they fall below 500 and now they've won back-to back games once again and at five and seven they're the first team out and they are very much alive Alyssa with two games to go the uh, the roller coaster that is the 2020 season with the Chicago Bears continues. But I'm having fun. It's been a fun ride and here we are. They're not done. They're not dead yet. This is this is kind of awesome.
2: It's really awesome. And like you were saying, it, it, it kind of feels like we've been watching three different seasons. You know, you go, they go five and one, right? Great season. Then they lose six in a row. Now they're, they've won two straight. They're still in the playoff hunt. It's, it's kind of crazy. Anytime they can play meaningful football in December, I'm here. And it's kind of crazy considering like three weeks ago, everyone, including myself and you, you Ryan, as Me well. Too. We were ready oh, to blow I was, this team up. Oh, I was done. We were ready to blow the team up. And now here we are one game out of the playoffs. It's exciting. And with the Jaguars coming up, especially with the Bears have a chance to score thirty points in four straight games, which is kind of like crazy thing too. So I know we're gonna talk a little bit about that later. So uh-huh. but I mean, you know, this is it has been crazy. I'm excited to see how the final two two weeks pan out here.
1: No, I'm excited too, and it's amazing what a couple of wins do, right? For your mood, for your energy. Yes. Like I'm I'm positive about the Bears again. They look really good on offense all of a sudden, and you posted this really cool story with all these stats the offense have put up over the last three weeks. I wanna talk about that here coming up. We just talked about how the Bears are very much alive and I saw in the Bears wire that their percentages is I think they're around like a forty percent chance. Technically it's thirty six percent or whatever to make the playoffs, the analytic machines. But when you just look at what has to happen for them to get in now, obviously they have to win out. We just we gotta get to nine and seven. That's that's pretty obvious. The Bears need to win out, so that means they have to win this week against the terrible Jacksonville Jaguars who are sitting first in line thanks to the Jets beating the Rams. They're first in line for the number one pick next year. So I'm not liking the Jags' chances of beating these Bears this week, even at home. So you just got to beat the lowly Jaguars. And then, of course, you got the Packers coming to your place in Week 17. We could talk about that in a little bit. But really, all eyes are on the Arizona Cardinals, right? As long as Arizona loses a game here over their next two and the Bears win out, they're going to make the playoffs. And that's kind of crazy. The Bears have the tiebreaker over the Cardinals. The Cardinals are at 8-6 and six right now. And the Cardinals, they play the 49ers at home this week, and then they play at L.A. to play the Rams in Week 17. Not out of the realm of possibility that they lose one of those. If the Bears can continue this little hot streak they're on all of a sudden, beat the Jaguars who suck, and then go play the Packers who – Have a chance at least this week to clinch the number one seed. It's not a great chance, but they could have things all wrapped up. We could hope for that, but maybe they beat the Packers straight up. Who knows? If the Bears could do it, they absolutely will be in the playoffs. They'll be the number seven seed, and it it is very much like a possibility here. There's some playoff scenarios where you're like, yeah, that's not going to happen, but this one doesn't seem all that far-fetched. I know you're not going to love their chances against Green Bay. I know you and Green Bay. (laughs) However... It's definitely on paper. It's possible.
2: No, it's de- it definitely is. It's, just, it's, it's crazy, but you know, obviously, I know the Jaguars are one and thirteen. They have they're basically have Trevor Lawrence just waiting for them. But at the same time, oh, yeah. you can't overlook any team. So that's obviously going to be the big test because looking at the Jaguars, they almost beat the Packers. You know, a few weeks ago, they've been in some of these games. They must beat the Browns. So yep. you know, the Bears definitely can't take them lightly. But also, the Bears got themselves in a situation where now. They're not in complete control of their own destiny. I mean, yes, they need to win out, but also they need help from the Cardinals, which, and I kind of go back to that Lions game. If they just won that Lions game, you know, we wouldn't be having the situation, you know, this conversation. They'd already be in that seventh spot and just have to win out, take care of business, yeah. And But uh, looking at the Cardinals, and I'm kind of glad that uh, this game this week is on Saturday uh, when they're playing the 49ers. 49ers, I think they – I think Jimmy Garoppolo is just brought back from IR. George Kittle might be available. So, you know, I know otherwise that the 49ers might be down to C.J. Beathard, their third quarterback. So, but definitely looking at that Rams game, that last game of the season, especially with the Rams playing Seattle this week, you know, the Rams are going to still be playing for the division and to, you know, increase their seating in the playoffs. So, and those division games, we know they're pretty rough, you know, for any team. So the Bears, especially if they just take care of business, I have a like a decent feeling. I'm not like entirely optimistic uh, just because it's the Bears. And I can't get away from that. Uh, Of course. But, you know, there is a clear path to the playoffs here. But they are going to need some
1: help. It's a clear path. It, It definitely is a good way to put it. So I think all eyes are on the Cardinals for sure. All eyes are on the Packers and the Seahawks game too. The Seahawks play the Rams this week at home. And if Green Bay can win against the Titans and Seattle loses to the Rams, which I think is... Entirely possible. That's a possible scenario. Seattle's been an up-and-down team. If the Packers win at home and then Seattle loses to the Rams, then Green Bay will clinch the number one seed in the NFC. And that makes that Week 17 game a little bit up in the air. Maybe Green Bay rests their studs. Maybe Aaron Rodgers plays a quarter. You know, you never know. know, Who knows? But that could work in the Bears' favor. And then you just got to root for one loss for Arizona, and you're in. I think that is... uh, That is so freaking fun. I can't even get over it. If the Bears could find a way after that debacle of a six-game losing streak when, like you said, I voted on every Twitter poll, every one of Alyssa's Twitter polls, I voted for the Bears to clean house, fire the coach, get rid of the quarterbacks. But now it's like Mitchell Trubisky's had a rebirth, you know, he's playing well, and the offense is putting up insane numbers. And actually, I want to get to that. Let's talk about that coming up next.
0: Fantasy football is about proving that you are better than your friends. Sit them, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini
3: from thehuddle.com. Welcome to Week 16 of the Fantasy Football Season. I'm Corey Benini of TheHuddle.com here to talk to you about strong plays in the championship round for most leagues. Derek Carr left last week with a groin injury that was deemed a one-to-two-week situation, but he's been splitting first-team reps with Marcus Mariota. For all of the on-paper upgrades Miami made in the offseason, it has struggled to contain competent quarterbacks, especially dual threats. Cam Newton, Josh Allen, Russell Wilson, Kyler Murray, and Patrick Mahomes. All of them trounced this group, and even rookie quarterback Justin Herbert found success. Mariota is the better recommendation in the event he starts, just because we don't know what to expect from Carr's injury. But the matchup is right for either player. Sticking with the same matchup, but on the other side of the coin, running back Lynn Bowden of the Miami Dolphins takes on the team that drafted him in the Raiders. Bowden is a running back receiver combo and can be flexed out into the slot. In fact, he does that more often than not. He's by far the most talented natural receiver out of this backfield, but keep in mind he offers nothing from the running game perspective, with just three carries in the last three games. Injury question marks with Jakeem Grant, Devontae Parker and Mike Kosicki leave this passing game a little thin, so it will be all hands on deck. The Raiders have given up five and a half receptions a game to running backs in 2020, and Bowden is poised to eclipse that mark. Los Angeles Chargers wide receiver Tyron Johnson versus the Denver Broncos. Injuries have slowed receivers Keenan Allen and Mike Williams, and it opened the door for the explosive Johnson to see more action. His 12 targets in the last two games, after only nine on the year, entering Week 14. There's a ton of risk here, since he's a low volume, high yield type of player. But the Broncos have permitted 21 different efforts of at least 10 PPR points in 2020, and both Allen and Williams scored in the earlier meeting. Johnson is an intriguing flex flyer. Chicago Bears rookie tight end Cole Komet at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Understand by starting him you're taking a tremendous amount of risk, and this is purely a flyer for a touchdown against a defense that has been atrocious at stopping tight ends in 2020. Only the Jets have allowed more touchdowns on the year to the position, and no team has given up scores at a higher frequency than once every 5.2 catches. But seven times the position has been held to 36 or fewer yards, which makes this the epitome of a gamble for a touchdown for more fantasy football news tips and advice please be sure to check out the huddle.com
1: all right Alyssa. as i said right before the break who the hell are these bears you know they've averaged 31 <laughs> points 386 and a half yards and they've scored 14 touchdowns in their last four games what like where, where, where's this team come from it's just unbelievable you've you kind of listed out the stats and i really enjoyed this article you put on the bears wire They've scored on six straight possessions, and they're averaging 27.4. And this is the key, This is the key. They've averaged 27.4 points per game since Bill Lazor took over as the play caller. They were averaging less than 20 when Matt Nagy was the play caller, right? So that's been a big key. But what is this offense? We, we haven't seen them play like this all season. All of a sudden, they're just putting points on the board. And with that defense, all of a sudden, you start winning ballgames.
2: It's kind of crazy. It feels like in a lot of ways, the Bears offense and defense have kind of like changed roles where, you know, the defense. I mean, aside from the Texans game, they've been a little a little sloppy there. You know, they're they're allowing a lot of points, which is very uncharacteristic of them. And then you look at the offense, who it didn't look like they could they couldn't even score a touchdown against a couple of teams. And now all of a sudden they're averaging 31 points a game over the last four weeks. The offense has just looked like a completely different unit. And David Montgomery, my goodness, I'm so glad that the rest of the league is finally getting to see what this kid can do because Bears fans have known it. We just, if, if only the offensive line was able to block because for a lot of the time, it feels like Montgomery is running into a wall. And now that he has <laughs> he has some space to run and he's you know, he's getting adequate offensive line play up there, it's really exciting to see what he can do. And the identity, they actually have an identity, which they've been searching for for the last two years. Run the football. And finally, You know, Nagy is learning. I know he's in his third year. He shouldn't still be learning this part. This should have been, you know, figured out sooner. But he's learned now, you know, run the football, you know, which you and I know it's kind of hard for him to admit.
1: Who do you think deserves the most credit for the turnaround, right? Is it Matt Nagy for finally swallowing his pride, handing over play calling? And you got to credit Bill Lazor with running the football more, right? He's calling the plays and it's been working. Or is it Mitchell Trubisky, his attitude, his ability to come back and – really play some good football here down the stretch? Is it Montgomery? You know, who would you say like, deserves the most credit for this turnaround?
2: It's crazy because I think everyone does. Obviously, I don't want to give credit to Matt Nagy because I think he deserves a lot of the blame for the offense being as bad as it was for as long as it was. But what he was able to do, handing over play calls to Bill Laser, that was the first step in fixing the offense. And then going back to Mitchell Trubisky, that was the next step. And then you kind of, and then get it figuring the offensive line out. I can't believe it took that long to figure out Sam Mustafer. Like he, he's looked amazing. And how does it take you that long? You're keeping him on the practice squad, so you know he. Like it's been kind of piece by piece, and which is exactly what it should be because this isn't just one guy that makes or breaks the offense. It's everybody. But Matt Nagy should have figured it out sooner. So I don't really want to give him credit, but I think it definitely started with him finally admitting fault, you know, and and handing over play calling to Bill Lazor, which was very difficult to do, and then kind of swallowing his pride, even though I don't think he did because he kind of used Nick Foles' injury as an excuse, but then going back to Trubisky and everything just kind of like working out as the weeks have progressed.
1: This week after the Pro Bowl comes out, Alyssa, this is the uh, Pro Bowl snub week, right? This is the the time for everyone to get on social media and bitch about not making the Pro Bowl or fans to say, oh, these players should have made it. Every single team has a gripe. And uh, I think the Bears definitely have some gripes. We uh, we talked about Alan Robinson last week. He doesn't end up making the Pro Bowl. The Bears have two players that make it. It was linebacker Khalil Mack, obviously, and who? Corderell Patterson. Oh, man. My guy, Corderell Patterson. Oh, my gosh. he He's just a jack of all trades, that guy. He can do it all. Uh, but there were definitely some snubs for the Bears, especially on that defensive side of the ball. I think some of your favorite players, Alyssa, on the defense didn't make it like you know, Kyle Fuller, some some players you've been talking about all year. Who do you think were the biggest snubs? Obviously, I'm pretty disappointed that Allen Robinson didn't make it. Who tops your list on Bears snubs for the Pro Bowl?
2: Roquan Smith is at the very top of that list. He, like, Of all of the snubs, because I understand kind of Allen Robinson, which I'll talk about in a minute, but Roquan Smith being left out of the Pro Bowl because he hasn't only been having a Pro Bowl year. He's been having an all-pro year. Mm. And I just feel like what he's been able to accomplish in his third year he he's at the top. The top five in total tackles. I think he's second in solo tackles, tackles for loss. What he's been able to do for this defense, he looks like the future at linebacker for the Bears. And you know, I, you know, normally with Pro Bowl, you know, people are like, oh, does it really matter? But for Roquan, it does because for him and his contract, he has if he makes the Pro Bowl, he gets an extra three million. So it's affecting him monetarily. You know, so yeah, like he's losing a lot
1: money of these guys, well. the, yeah, the incentive piece <laughs> is really interesting. It is. Yeah. And this year, with the game actually not being a game and it being like a video game, it's like a Madden video game, right, this year. So I feel like players actually want it more this year because they don't have to, like, pretend they're injured and opt out of it like everybody does. <laughs> like, nobody really wants to play in the football game. So I think the fact that it's not a physical, actual game this year, it's actually more important to people. And people are actually more upset over the Pro Bowl this year than than ever before. It's been kind of fun.
2: Yeah, definitely. And you, know, you mentioned Alan Robinson. And I know that the NFC is just you know loaded at the receiver position but you look at what alan robinson's been able to do the last couple of years even back-to-back thousand yard seasons but what he's been able the his circumstance is the top thing because you look at some of the top receivers and the quarterbacks that are throwing to them you look at alan robinson who's had one thousand yard seasons with mitchell trubisky and nick Foles, and what he's been able to do when every team is keying in on him because they know that the quarterback's going to him with the ball what he's been able to do. i like, it's what is Robinson? What's it going to take for Robinson to kind of get that respect? Going, you know, whether it's next year, if he goes to a different team with a good quarterback, you're going to finally see him start to get that recognition. So that was frustrating. And one that I, I thought you could make a case for, you could have made a case for Cairo Santos to get in at kicker. Not the, the kicker. Like, Come on. What? No
1: kicker talk. Lisa. I know, you know my really,
2: he, I, I'm the <laughs> kicker, man. I'm telling you, Cairo Santos has been on a tear. He's missed two. His, his percentage is like 92. He's completed his field goals. And I think I think Yum Ku made it for Atlanta, but you know it's not. And I know he's kicked a lot of fifty yarders, but you know I wouldn't have been surprised if Cairo Santos made it a kicker, especially considering you know the history that the Bears have with kickers here over the last few years. The Bears, they
1: got to beat the Jags, right? I mean, we're having fun with this playoff talk; they're still alive, and there's a path, and we're on our way to a meaningful Week 17. But they got to beat the Jags. So let's get into the point spread and the matchup. And could the Bears lose to this Jaguars team? No, there's no way, right? No way. Let's talk about that coming up next.
0: It's that time again for the line of the week. The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Eston McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
3: Hello, I'm Esther McLaren of Bet Podcast and sportswebwire.com. It's week 16 of the NFL and I'm joined again by Jeff Clark, my colleague. We're breaking down the Sunday night football game between the Tennessee Titans and Green Bay Packers. The Packers are three and a half point home favorites at Lambo, minus 105 odds. The Titans on the road, plus three and a half point underdogs, minus 115 odds. Big game for both teams, playoff implications all over the board here. Packers trying to hold on to the number one seed in the NFC. I'm on them to win by at least four points. Jeff, I think Matt LaFleur just gets his revenge against Tennessee Titans, even though things worked out pretty well for him. He can't be too angry at them. Yeah. I'm definitely sweating the Matt LaFleur revenge game. To me, it's a toss-up with the offenses. It's a bit of a toss-up with the defense. I'm willing to concede Green Bay is a little bit better on the defensive end or more reliable, Uh, but the game just means more to the Tennessee Titans. Uh, They haven't locked up anything not the AFC South, not an AFC wild card, whereas Green Bay has the NFC North all tucked away and could be looking ahead to the playoffs or just wanting to rest up, not giving a full effort. Uh, Give me the three plus the hook with the Titans.
1: All right, as we've been talking about, the Bears are on fire. They've won two straight games. Doesn't seem like a lot, Alyssa, but for the, the roller coaster the Bears have been on this year, it is a lot. It's a it's a nice little streak they're on right now, and they got to keep it rolling. The Jags have lost 13 in a row. They won their first game of the year, and they haven't won since. Uh, they just gave up 40 points to the Ravens. Game before, they gave up 31 to the Titans. Here's what I want to see from the Bears. I want to see them just continue this trend they have about just – coming out hot right they've scored 20 plus points in the first half in three straight games I think if you can put 20 points on the board on the Jags in the first half the game might be over at that point I think the worst case scenario is if you you know the offense struggles or kind of like what we saw with the Steelers against the Bengals right if you just punt the ball a bunch in the first half and you can't score and now it's a close game going into the second half that's when things get nutty so I just I think if they can just continue this trend of scoring early coming out hot The Jags are going to roll over. They've lost 13 in a freaking row, right? They're done. So this feels like a slam dunk. It feels about as close to a slam dunk as it gets. I know you're not going to feel that way as a diehard Bears fan, Alyssa, but uh, (laughs) what do you think about the matchup? Two teams hopefully trending in different directions. I know the Jags have just been absolutely tanking since they won in week one. What do you think about this?
2: This is definitely a game that the Bears should win, and they should win handedly, but at the same time, they can't overlook this matchup. And I like the the mindset you hear the players when you're asking about the playoffs. And, you know, I remember David Montgomery, he was like, oh, we're just, we're focused on it one game at a time because you can't look too far ahead and you don't want to overlook a team. I know that they have Trevor Lawrence right there and they're within their grasp, but no NFL team is going to tank. You know, these players are too prideful. They're too competitive. That's never going to happen. But this is a game that they should win, especially with the Bears offense performing the way they have. I know they played a couple bad defenses there. The Jaguars are another bad defense. So the offense should find similar success. I know they have one of the worst run defenses in the league and the worst pass defenses in the league. So the offense should roll. The defense really needs another bounce back game, similar to what they had against Houston, because they've been given up a lot of points, which is very uncharacteristic for them. So, you know, this is, you know, hopefully Jalen Johnson will be able to go. I know Akeem Hicks was on the injury report. Like they need some of these guys to be able to go. But, you know, this is a game that the Bears should win. But they just need to go out there and execute.
1: they got to stop one player, right, Alyssa? And it's James Robinson, the running back. That is the guy that the Jags are just going to ad nauseum. I think they rested him this week. They're limiting his practice reps because he's their whole team right now, right? So I think for the Bears' defense... It's a get-right spot, but hopefully they can step up and stop the run and stop this kid. How do you feel about a Bears defense that's kind of been struggling going up against a team that really just wants to run the football? That's kind of their entire identity right now.
2: You know, that's the matchup that scares me the most because you saw what this Bears run defense looked like <laughs> You know, against Dalvin Cook, who right. put up a buck 30 on them, right. and James Robinson. Hey, James Robinson has over 1,000 yards. He's third in the league in rushing yards, this undrafted rookie. It's kind of insane. So that's the one matchup. That I am concerned about this Bears run defense has looked shaky at times a little bit all season. But Robinson, I know, is banged up a little bit. He has that sprained ankle, and I know the Jags are resting him. But if there's a concern, it's going to be that run defense. So, you know, we'll see how have the Bears hold up against Robinson, or, you know, maybe he's a little banged up, so it'll be a little bit more difficult. But, you know, I, I think that that's the guy that they definitely are keying in on, and they need to stop to keep this offense from, you know, kind of keeping. Keeping it close in the beginning, I think the Bears really need to get off To a hot start just pound the gas and keep going like they did against Houston Mm. and this game will be over quick
1: so for people in their fantasy football championship games or people that are playing daily fantasy because they lost like me would you load up on Bears offensive players in this game like would you take a flyer on a Trubisky you know maybe pair him with Allen Robinson maybe give anyone who has David Montgomery has been starting him you know automatically maybe Mooney what do you think is there any like sleeper Bears fantasy guys that you think could break out on offense this week
2: um, If you're talking like sleepers, I know people are going to start Montgomery and Robinson as they should. No you doubt. could argue, like you said, Darnell Mooney, who he's just been having a fantastic rookie season. Another steal for Ryan Pace. And I mean, I guess you could say Mitchell Trubisky is a sleeper. A, this is a favorable matchup for this Bears offense. And this is a game where, you know, Trubisky could go off. So, you know, I would say probably if we're going to stick with offense, the sleepers, I would say, Trubisky and Mooney would probably be at the top. I, I wouldn't count out. It's just, I keep going back to Cole commit. The bears have been looking to get him involved a lot more. Um, you know, he only had two receptions last week, but he he was on the field every single play. Like they want to get him involved. This is a game that feels like Cole commit could definitely go off. though. So.
0: I like
1: it. I, no, I like him. I think, that's a gra- I, th- I think that's a great pick. Yeah, I like him. I like Mooney. I like uh, Trubisky. These are all guys, if you're playing Daily Fantasy, that'll be super cheap and maybe profitable against the freaking terrible Jaguars, who are now worse than the Jets somehow.
2: <laughs> crazy. crazy. Crazy world we're in, Ryan. Yeah. That's 2020 at who, its finest, isn't who, it? Who
1: can pick these <laughs> games? Who can pick these games, right? Rams lose to the Jets and the Steelers lose to the Bengals? What? No, I can't. So, I, obviously, no game is a layup. I, I agree with you. The players are not going to try to lose out there. The Jaguars are going to be trying to win. You can raise an eyebrow at the coaches sometimes, some of the decisions they make, the calls they make, the situations they put the players in sometimes is a little questionable. I think the Jets have been very questionable in some games, but the players are going to play to win, and hopefully the Bears can take care of business. What a gift it would be if the Bears were right there, still in the playoff hunt next week, a chance to get in, and hopefully Green they Bay have has it all locked They have to beat the Packers. Up. Yeah. But hopefully... And they have
2: to beat the <laughs> Packers to get there. Can you imagine that, too? Like what, especially considering that first matchup, if they win – and you know, obviously, Green Bay wins. The Bears have to beat the Packers again. And say the Cardinals lose one of these games because they do play Saturday. So there's a chance that yeah, yeah. you know. This, this, so, so the the Bears would have to beat the Packers again in the playoffs. Like that would just you know, you you know what I'm gonna I'm gonna be curled up in the field position, right? You know, <laughs> anytime I'm watching the Packers, that's just what I do.
1: Yeah, even if it's Jordan Love out there playing quarterback for the Packers yeah. and they have it all wrapped up, you're still gonna be uh, <laughs> you're still gonna be sweating that thing out. What a gift! The Bears are in it. I love it. Uh, Alyssa, have a great Christmas. All right.